That was the excellent intro music that I chose previously prior to this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Subprime, the podcast in which we watch subprime movies on Amazon Prime. I am Kyle, and I'm with... Cody. And Josh. And today, what did we pick, Josh? We picked Velocipaster. Why did we pick that, Josh? Why did you pick that, Josh? Well, it's a pastor that turns into a dinosaur. It really sells itself. If you're going to search for it, I think the full title is The Velocipaster, to be fair. Ah, right. A man of the claw. Is that really what the tagline is? Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to bet they spent <laughs> half of their marketing budget on the poster alone. Right, so that is a common thing I've noticed in, in these B like these B movies is that a lot of effort seems to be put into the poster, like more effort into the poster than the actual movie. So I don't know if somebody's just really good with Photoshop cranking these things out or what. You saw that cover and you, the first thing you thought was, wow, someone's really good with Photoshop. Yeah, no, it's no. a good cover. No, it, no, it's, it's like, have you noticed every B movie is like that though? Oh yeah. They're really detailed and I don't know. The B-movie's only job is to draw you in, so it needs something to set it apart from the other movies. So if you see a poster like, oh my god, that looks amazing, like, I have to watch that. So that's literally the only thing they need to do. The rest of the movie can suck, uh, which this may or may not, as you're about to find out, but its literal only job is, you need to watch this, here's our ridiculous poster. <laughs> Alright, well, here, here's the rundown of the movie. After a devastating family tragedy, a priest travels to China to find deeper spirituality, but instead is endowed with an ancient ability that allows him to turn into a dinosaur. At first, he is horrified by his newfound superpower, but a local prostitute convinces him to use his newfound gift to fight evil and ninjas. Good summary. I'm in. All right, first thing you need to know is this one is a Holy Trinity, uh, written, edited, and uh, produced, directed, no. produced, even more than a Holy Trinity, That damn near everything. Brandon Steer is the guy's name. Was he the main actor? He was not. He was not, okay. No. Okay, so here's, here's a little, little, little uh, get you in the mood some fast facts for you. Idea for the movie uh, was in 2010 while he was going to school for visual arts in Manhattan. So this is a, f- a, a college-educated person. Made a short teaser trailer in 2011. The actor who played Father Stewart is also in it and looks like the same dinosaur costume was basically used in the film. Okay. So did you did you guys go down the rabbit hole and watch that short? Uh, no, no, I, I, I watched not. the movie and that was it. I... That was uh, that was enough. That was enough. <laughs> um, it's a five minute short. If you look it up, it's essentially this movie with no ninjas. Okay. And it's it's a student film. It looks like yeah. It's and it's done much even more grindhouse. So it kind of seems okay. better than this movie. Yes, because it doesn't go on for <laughs> eighty minutes or seventy minutes, which I think was something we mentioned to each other. This is like this is like a two-minute sketch stretched out into seventy minutes. I was much more kind. I said a ten-minute sketch. Scr- yeah, uh, stretched oh, out right, into right, seventy right, minutes. Right. I'll give it a good ten minutes. It would be a good ten-minute watch. Uh, here's here's a couple of things to really surprise you. Two attempts to fund the film through Kickstarter and one through Seed and Spark both failed. How does something like this fail? That seems like the perfect program for this. Well, did they have the short as part of their teaser trailer? Or was it just like, guys, 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 I got this really cool idea. So there's this, like, pastor who turns into a raptor. I don't know. I don't see it. But I, why would you not use it as proof of concept? It, I, I mean, that's true. If they had the poster, it would probably be funded overnight. Okay, so I when I was writing down notes as I was watching it, I put one of them I actually put was... This is what happens when jobless hipsters from 2012 finally get enough money to make a movie wrapped in five layers of irony. Did their Kickstarter finally get funded eight years later or whatever? Josh, you want to read that and back me up? <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it says. That was so. I wrote that between the timestamps 5:40 and 13 minutes. I was wow. like, I was like, uh oh, I know what this movie is. That's pretty good. So um, the fact that this came from two Kickstarter attempts <laughs> is is a lot. 
The film received funding from a private investor that the mother of Steer's friend knew. <laughs> so, my son has this idea and he really needs money. Man, what is what is his mom doing for this money? How much did this how much did this movie cost? I don't Oh, you want to know? I would love to know how much his mom pimped herself out for for the Velociraptor. $35,000. Okay, so that further proves the point that $17,000 was spent on the poster. So, I don't I don't I mean, I don't want to make any assumptions about this person's mother, but the fact that there is a plot element involving prostitution Write what you know, I believe is the saying. <laughs> well, hold up. She wasn't just a prostitute. She was a prostitute doctor lawyer. Just don't forget okay. that. Okay, that was not yet. She was studying to be a That's doctor true. lawyer. Surprisingly, little demand for prostitute doctor lawyer. So I, I actually did chuckle at that line when she goes, she goes, I'm in pre-med law. And I was like, Pfft. I was like, what does that even mean? And then when she goes, there's not much demand for doctor, what, what was it, doctor lawyers? Yeah, I went, okay, That's that's clever. So, um... Another fact is uh, this was inspired by Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> <laughs> what part? I don't know. But it was inspired the, by the, Guillermo del the Toro. The suit, maybe? Oof. Uh, Oof. That was an early concept for uh, the... The Pacific Rim monster. That's 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 not even a fact worth mentioning. Any terrible <laughs> movie can be like I was inspired by Inception, and like you can be inspired by anything. I don't know that that's relevant or helpful <laughs> to understanding. Well, he, he clearly felt inspired enough to make it a notable fact. So, so is it? Is there any? Uh, any more facts we need to know before diving into the, yes. the meat of his movie? Uh, he got the idea because his phone autocorrected Velociraptor with Velosa Space Pastor. That's actually interesting. Did yeah. you did you find all these in the IMDB page or Oh where, no. Where did you I, get these? Wikipedia, Google, I did the research. <laughs> but yeah. That's commendable. <laughs> Wait I mean that's why that's why this podcast exists. So <laughs> I don't know whether it's commendable or sad. <laughs> all right so let's uh let's break down this movie numero uno um it starts out with a black screen and in case you were worried that this was going to be clever the first thing you read is rated x by an all christian jury i saw i saw that and i went uh-oh not uh-oh yes. is this edgelord stuff Yes, that was. What not... was the movie's actually rating? It was. It was R. I think just R. R. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't a very rated X movie, but. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um, yeah. um, Doug Jones, that's our character name, played by Greg Cohn. Uh, he was also in, guard. He was guard Alvin Bell in an episode of NCIS Los Angeles. Uh, SWAT I... number two in the blacklist. I I looked him I looked up his IMDb page and it was a lot of like guy number five SWAT officer number three. Uh, he was also local pedestrian population in Red Dead Redemption two. That one, yeah. So he was probably <laughs> chomping at the bit for a speaking part. <laughs> so uh, he gives a sermon and walks outside and watches as his parents die. Okay, so this is where the movie first was like. I, I couldn't tell if this was going to be so bad it's good territory or just awful. I just want to break down how his parents die. So he walks out of the church after giving the sermon, and his parents are waving at him. And then he's like, oh, mom, dad. And then there's an explosion sound, and there's no burning car. Like, I described this to people, and they're like, no, you're making this up. It's literally gray floating text that says exploding car VFX. Like... <clears throat> So that that's when I really rolled my eyes because I and this is why I said to you guys earlier there's not much to comment on in this movie because <laughs> it's a self-aware hipster movie where they're like they're like oh guys it's so bad it's good but that's why it's good right like you can't comment on the acting or any of the visual effects or anything because they can throw up a shield of well yeah but it's supposed to be like that so when I saw the VFX on Car I rolled my eyes so hard. <laughs> I, yeah, it's it's pretty bad. I felt they could have used that gag a couple more times throughout the movie. Like, if they were going to go that route, like, make it a running gag. Don't just a one and done, you know? Like... Well, it... it I mean, it does kind of keep going throughout the movie, the, the like, low, you know, jokes about low production quality and things like that. 
But my thing is, like, I, I've seen Black Dynamite. I've seen, like, Grindhouse and Planet Terror. Those are movies that did the Grindhouse kind of homage better. And then <laughs> and this movie, I think, tries to do that. But You want, you want it done better? Put just a fire graphic on there and put a copyright over of it. Like, copyright <laughs> something something graphics or something like, like that? Like when somebody puts up a meme that has, like, Getty Images or right. Stock over yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, what, that's what you want. So make it look like it's a placeholder. Like, they had every intention of replacing it, but they never did. Okay. That's that's what I would do. I, I wonder if that. you do something like that, though. If even with the copyright over it, you still probably couldn't distribute it on Amazon like you might still run into an issue cuz oh like, yeah you'd who, have to pay for it but no that's the joke is, is oh, oh okay so like they they would pay for the graphic but still leave the copyright right. they had 35 <laughs> well they had 17,000 to work with here after the poster so they could have afforded <laughs> so after the world's after a joke that just does not land his parents die um he goes back into the church and talks to Father Stewart did you remember his name Father Stewart I didn't remember anybody's name except the girl. Yeah. <laughs> IMDB and stopping the movie and going back. That's how I figured out <laughs> names. Uh, which is never a good sign. So that's Father Stewart. Uh, played by Daniel Sturr. Who delivers one of the lines that so actually who, made me laugh. Oh, you want to go Who wrote this movie? Was that the producer? So it was Brandon Sturr. And this is Daniel Sturr. So I can I never confirmed it, but if you had to guess, who would you say that is? Probably his dad. <laughs> yep. Oh my goodness. Which it sounds like you're not finishing saying Daniel Stern, who was Marv it's, in the Home Alone movies. <laughs> it's Stir S T E E R E. Okay. Or Sturry, I don't know, maybe I don't Whichever. know. Whichever. But uh no other credits. So it's definitely his dad. So he uh, he tells him he needs to go and see the world. Well, um, but wait, before that, he delivers one of the lines that actually did make me laugh in this. What He's was like, that? It's okay, son. Your parents are dead. Parents die. That's what they do. <laughs> so if it's his actual dad delivering that line, that kind of makes it a little more funny. So Yeah. Um, but he's, yeah, so yeah. He's, he's giving that sermon. Uh, looked it up. Not a Bible verse. And every oh. time the Bible is mentioned in this movie... I stopped and I checked. It's not an actual verse. It's not an actual verse. Okay. So that is not a Bible verse. So they definitely are doing the, they're like, it's an homage to Tarantino thing. I guess. And first thing I noticed, and get your guys' take on it, why is there such a pink filter over this movie? Is it to make it look old? I, I think because they're going for 70s grindhouse B-movie stuff, I, I'm assuming it's a filter. It looked terrible i guess i didn't really notice it 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 bothered me i don't um, i don't know it's it's like a it's like a green tint in the matrix once once i'm used to it once i see that everything has that filter i don't really notice it anymore yeah um i did like the way that they shot it their conversation when they're talking back and forth the heads that kind of come up in different colors, I thought oh. I thought that was kind of neat. It showed it shoots two heads, and I was like, "That's that's kind of a better way to shoot that." I'll, I'll give this to the movie. There was some good lighting, interesting, distinct lighting throughout a lot of scenes. Oh, we'll talk about that. <laughs> so, so we go to China, and I haven't been to China, but I don't think that's what China looks like. Uh, he's he's in some sort of suburban jungle. Which... Oh no, you missed you 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 went too far. Went too far. Then we got the credits. Oh yeah, him yep. in the car. Yep. Which that is that's one thing I'll say. It's good, uh, good song. The soundtrack to this movie is amazing. Yes, oh, shockingly throughout. decent. Soundtrack is is awesome. Oh, that was that was my comment at the twenty four minute mark. Uh, what are the odds this ska slash punk song is from a band the director knows personally? <laughs> I, I'd say it's pretty good. I think so. it's pretty good. <laughs> this the ska punk band is probably like more relevant than this guy. This movie will ever become. <laughs> It's probably in it. In <laughs> They're the, the ninjas. <laughs> They're the ninjas. <laughs> probably. Guys, we're going to do this movie, and then our album's going to sell like crazy. So, then Josh is correct, and then we're on to China. First of all, bullshit. <laughs> There's no hey, way that's, that's China. And that's something I'm going to forgive, because obviously it's a low-budget movie. They're not going to go to China, guys. You could have gone to the chi local Chinese restaurant, 
had a gong and hit it, <laughs> and I would have given you more respect than Woods that I'm, do I'm, look like the Midwest. I'm fine with a movie having big ambitions and operating within its budget and being like, hey, this this wooded forest is a stand-in for Borneo. What I won't forgive is VFX car explosion <laughs> and the very obvious wink, aren't we so funny, guys? I won't forgive that. All right, so he's walking in the woods. Uh, a lady comes up to him. She gets shot as she's dying. She calls him the Dragon Warrior. A ninja scares him off. A tooth cuts him, and then he passes out. Well, she hands him the tooth. Oh, okay. She, she's, she hold, she's, she's holding the tooth, and in, with her dying breath, she's like, you're the Dragon Warrior, and gives it to him. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And and the artifact, the, the tooth or whatever it is, the claw, cuts his hand somehow. It, it seemed yeah. very sketchy, but whatever. Passes out. It it it's as it's as easy to explain as a spider biting a guy and he gets superpowers. Yeah. But then and then somehow we're not in China anymore. He wakes up halfway across the world, not in China. Yeah. Which is you talk about bad writing. <laughs> this movie uses that trick quite a few times of he passes out and then he just wakes up in the next scene. I I I, I don't she was writing. The only, I don't know yeah. how to end this. I I was thinking about that. I thought there's a lot of big budget movies that have also done that too. Like pretty much any Wolfman story is like is like he transforms and then he wakes up at home. You know, so if we're gonna give them, you know, the only gu- thing for that the, the transition VFX. <laughs> yeah, my note was: Are we already out of China? Literally, it's two minutes in China. <laughs> That's all they needed. Which does beg the question: Why? Why go to China? Why not just say like, "Hey, somebody in his hometown gave him the artifact." But that's well. Then how I do like you explain- I like to imagine they had the okay from the Chinese restaurant, <laughs> and then they pulled out at the last minute. <laughs> how do you ex- How do you explain all the ninjas if you don't go to China? Come on, man. How do you explain I, all the white ninjas, the non-Asian white ninjas, I, if you don't go to I, China? I guess, but later, as we'll see, there's a whole ninja uh, uh, camp that's presumably close to their hometown anyway so they could have just set it in the woods outside of the town where they were shooting anyway as a stand-in for china <laughs> yeah go take a walk in the woods and clear your mind God, yeah exactly well they can't yeah, okay so he wakes so, up in his bed so he wakes up in his bed our next scene is a cameo by a young carol baskins so the prostitute who shows uh, up she's named carol and she's wearing a leopard coat so, so we had earlier he had seen Carol getting assaulted by her. No, 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 no that's no, not this yet. Is, this is the first. This is time the scene. We see her. Yep, this is the scene. Um, played by Alyssa Kemsky. Oh no! Oh, sorry. What you're thinking of? So he, when he wakes up or whatever, because he's hungry, he, yeah. uh, he like, there's the homeless guy who's like spare change, and he's like, no, no, and then she's walking down the street with her lollipop. So he does run into her, but indirectly. Oh, right. Okay. He never hits her. And then, and then it goes into yeah, her going to her pimp. Uh, she's been, and she has been in nothing you've heard of. She's got acting credits, but I it's... think I looked her up too. Yeah, it was all like girl at party. And and here's here's our first big disagreement, Josh. Carol gets hit by uh, Frankie Merman. Mermaid. Mermaid. He's the best part of the movie. Don't disrespect him. Kyle, let me. Why is he called Frankie Mermaid? Answer me. I thought it was Frankie Merman. That's no, what I wrote. It's Frankie down. Mermaid. You're wrong. Okay. What, why, uh, why is he called Frankie Mermaid? Why is he called Frankie Mermaid? Because he's drowning in bitches. <laughs> it was the delivery. It was the actor that bothered me. <laughs> no, he like. <laughs> He literally just walked off a porn set and was basically told, keep exactly exactly what you did on that porn set, bring to my movie. He was the best part of the movie for me. I guess I have higher standards. I had honestly forgotten that there was a pimp. Oh, I, I watched it two days ago and he, I had forgotten that there was like a pimp. He took off his hat and I thought it was going to be some sort of bald joke or like he's got mermaid scales on his head or something. No, it's because he's drowning in bitches. It was fantastic <laughs> delivery. Which I guess if you're going to do the B-movie thing, you want to lean into the cheesy acting. He was the only one kind of doing one. it. He was the best part of the movie. All the other actors I would describe as mediocre, but he was like a, I'm so over the top, it's no, funny. absolutely. Yeah. So, so she gets uh, slapped up by Frankie Mermaid and gets told to go to the park. Uh, and then that's basically the end of that scene. 
Yep, then Doug is wandering around in the park, and then Carol gets robbed, but she gets saved by who? The Velocipaster. Uh, my notes were good sound effects, uh, shitty dinosaur, good music. And again, I thought, I thought okay, if they're going for the grindhouse, then the dinosaur should be shitty. The dinosaur should look bad, which it does. <laughs> it's... So to me, that, that fit. I'm like, okay, this, this feels in line with everything else. So once again, and then Doug just passes out, and then he wakes up again in 13 minutes in, and we're in Carol's bed. So 13 minutes into this movie, we've already used the passed out and woken up trope twice. Yeah. And then there's a, a funny scene about uh, misunderstanding uh, where he... That's, well, I, I have that note. Hooray, misunderstanding sex jokes. Rightfully so, though. Like, right. if, if a girl comes to my... I'm in her bed and she comes in and says, Oh, last night was amazing. My mind yeah. isn't going to go to, Oh, yeah, it was. I totally turned into a dinosaur and kicked some bad, you know, yeah, bad that, guy's ass. And, and this is what made me really laugh. So first of all, I put that Carol is lit terribly in this scene. Like, just the lighting, I know yep. it's bad. Anyways, he denies that dinosaurs exist. <laughs> I, I couldn't have turned into a dinosaur. Okay, I, I couldn't tell if that was, like, a jab at the Catholic Church or something <laughs> or what, but... It's impossible. Dinosaurs don't exist. <laughs> I enjoyed that. I, I got a chuckle out of the misunderstanding scene. That was that was funny. Okay. So Carol and Doug go into the woods. My first note is, bitch doesn't have a t-shirt because he's in a skimpy dress. First of all, and not first of all, but... He does um, wake up naked, thus more furthering the misunderstanding. So he has to borrow clothes. I want to say, first of all, too, that Carol is the most attractive, uh, best, cleanest looking prostitute I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> a prostitute, you know, they're always a little well, bit grimy. Well, they're well, always she, dressed like a call girl. Well, she is pre-med law, so she, she has to keep up she's appearances. Dressed, yeah. <laughs> she, to me, it came off less prostitute and more struggling actress. Yeah. She's trying to pay uh, her. Yeah, she's I wonder why. Her. She's paying her way through college, so. Yeah. Um. So I, I was supposed to put very cute dress hooker and not bad actors. I mean, in these movies, you get a lot of people that are terrible. I didn't feel either of these two were bad. No. I, I, no. The the two the two leads are fine. They're fine. Their their dialogue seemed a little off, but. That's, that's so, so the porn guy worked for you, but the no, I, absolutely. No, I'm I'm with Josh on this one. Like, if you're gonna do a theme, lean into it. And everyone else was just fine. Yep. That dude was chewing up his dialogue. He he was great. He won his tryout. So, but and then it's... I put that I did laugh that he runs away because he says yes because she asks, "Do you have to go pray right now?" And he goes, "Yes." And then he runs away. <laughs> But well, that, but, there, there's the whole scene here. This is the whole conflict of the movie setting up is uh, he realizes he's the dinosaur. The whole reason they're in the woods is because he doesn't believe that he turned into a dinosaur. So she has to show him the body. He sees it. He starts freaking out. She convinces him that, no, this is a good thing. You can rid the world of evil. I know lots of evil people. We can team up. And he, of course, denies it. And he's like, oh, I'm late for my confession. I have to go. And she's like, really, now? And then, yeah, that's he runs off. So... So he runs back to the church, and then we get the confession by Frankie Merman or Mermaid. 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 Yeah. Frankie Mermaid. So, again, just totally leaning into his character. He keeps using the word padre, which kind of got annoying, but uh, you find out that my man, Frankie Mermaid, actually was the one who murdered Doug's parents. And the way he described it, he just goes into intricate detail about their flesh burning off, and it even gave me kind of a boner. Oh, you might as well throw that into the confession there, Padre. He had just come off of his improv class, and he's like, oh, I can give myself a story. Yeah. I can be a quirky character. So he goes nuts, and he kills Frankie. Were you sad to see Frankie? Oh, wait, there's another line he delivers really well. What's that, Padre? You can't smoke in here. Something you can't smoke in here. Frankie Mermaid smokes wherever he wants, cause my life is on fire. <laughs> I'd forgotten that. But it's, but, but again, delivery. But uh, but before he dies, he does tease the greater villain. I thought Frankie was gonna be like the big villain, sort mm -hmm. of like Taxi Driver. He was like the guy at the end who has to die. But no, 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 he dies right away, and he teases up 
our shadowy villain when he, when he goes when he reveals that he he killed his parents he goes this goes deeper than you know kid and then he dies yeah you might as well kill me so they kill the best part of the movie within like 20 minutes so i, I was... think the best part of the movie was dead long ago <laughs> <laughs> the poster yes, do, you, do you do you are you saying you want like a better call Saul esque prequel about frankie Mer- oh, Jesus, mermaid don't. mermaid i don't but the, again just the best part of this movie it was the shining beacon in this that that is one of the things that that said when I was doing research was that this guy w- sees value in this universe and he wants to make a sequel. Oh boy! Well, he they didn't cl- have enough for seventy minutes. Well, they clearly they clearly set up for a sequel, but we'll get there. Yeah. So uh, back at Carol's, they establish crime fighting rules. Uh, you know, don't they're who they're gonna kill. Uh, uh, I, I wrote down the line because I liked it. I don't know much about God, she says, and then he goes, I don't know much about dinosaurs. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> that was clever. Once again, that pink tone, and then they have a nice high five. Yep. That, and that's when the montage kicks off. That is when the montage. The montage worked for me. Yep. Montage was great. Another great song. That, that was where I heard the song, and I thought, okay, yep. the director knows this band. Yep. Uh, Which still sounded good. No, it, was a, it was a good absolutely. song. Absolutely. And then I love the, so basically what you're seeing throughout this is Doug working out because he's gotta, um, him and Carol sitting on a park bench. He's teaching her the Bible while he's eating bad people, and then sexy communion. Oh yeah, where he feeds her the biscuit all. Mm-hmm. You know, I you know when I saw the communion wafer, I don't know why, but I thought that's a potato chip. <laughs> like, could they not get their hands Probably. on wafers? <laughs> I don't know. Where do you get wafers from? If I had to be like, hey, I need the to church find... you're shooting at. <laughs> <laughs> what if already... it wasn't a Catholic church they were shooting at? Those are a very specific thing. And if I, I would feel very awkward going up to a priest and saying, hey, man, I'm going to need some communion wafers for this I'm, movie. I, More I, awkward I'm... than I'm going to shoot a movie in your church in which the pastor turns into a velociraptor <laughs> and kills people? That's I, where you draw the line? I, I, w- I would be curious how that meeting went down. Like, hey, we're shooting this movie with violence. It's going to be R-rated. Can we shoot in your church? I want to know how that, how that conversation went down. But it clearly worked out. So anyway, yeah, he sexy feeds her uh, 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 a sacrament, <laughs> and so. then and then shortly after the montage, we meet the ninjas. Ninjas at the local Boy Scout camp. Yeah, right out of town. All the ninjas are white. Uh, the same force we've been seeing. No, there's a black ninja. Yeah, we they, we don't see him till the end though. <laughs> and then do, do you, did you catch the character, the name of the second in command? No. Sam the White Ninja. Oh, okay. Well, they're self-aware then. <laughs> and that is uh, Jesse Turrets. And once again, nothing you've seen. I, I want to give credit to the set designers in that, which was, I'm sure, the same writer, director, <laughs> producer, <laughs> slash son, who they clearly tried every trick in the book to make the camp seem bigger than it was, including the two guys who are like practicing kung fu moves. Like in the middle of, like in, just out in the field. And then, like, the camera putting them right at the edge of frame to imply that there's like dozens more ninjas also training. Yes. Uh, played by Jai Chan Yang. And this is his only acting credit. And they talk about the Dragon Warrior. And they're running drugs, of course. Because oh, yeah. you can't have ninjas without drugs. So. What was it? Like, super heroin? Super cocaine. Super cocaine. Yeah. It was four times as potent as regular cocaine. <laughs> All I've got to say is Brandon Steer, I saw Miami Connection as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, was that was that a component in, in ultra-addictive cocaine in Miami Connection? No. Uh, just drug-dealing ninjas. Drug-dealing ninjas. Miami oh, okay. Connection pulled it off way better. I, th- I think they were going to be barkers in this one as well, but he didn't have enough friends with bikes. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And they're running drugs, of course, and I, I put that too, all white ninjas. You know, refreshing, nice to see. And then we're back with uh, Father Stewart and Doug and Carol uh, catches Doug reading and has a heart to heart with Doug. Well, I want I want to point out before that ninja scene ended, I really rolled my eyes at uh, the part where the main villain and his second in command ninja are doing that that like laughing gag where they're laughing oh, for way too yes. long, and I thought, oh no, it's oh. it's that Family Guy joke where like a joke is supposed to go on so long that it's funny a second time. 
but it wasn't even funny at they, all. They could have cut this down to 60 minutes. There was a lot of that. It was so annoying where... They have, was this, like, they, they have this, like, they're, they're laughing in all these different yeah. styles, and they're all cut together, and it just... It goes on for too long. But this, is, this wasn't even the first scene. I almost... I blocked that out of my memory. Like, there was four scenes where they were just laughing. Like, there was a Frankie Mermaid scene where he was laughing right. forever. The and Yeah. Yeah. So... Right. Yeah, I it, forgot about that. It, that was terrible. In fairness to them, it's a really hard joke to pull off, but they just, they shouldn't. <laughs> they shouldn't have tried. And then uh, catches Doug reading and he has a heart-to-heart with him. Uh, Spending too much time with Carol. and then, Yep. That girl has a name, it's Carol. And music cue I put on point. Uh, this was another one, boys. Leviticus 2424 uh, is not... Nothing is impossible where the Lord is concerned. There is no Leviticus twenty four twenty four. Uh, Leviticus twenty four. Uh, Leviticus twenty four essentially is where God is giving Moses rules. So it has. It's like the whole book of Leviticus. I think it's like it's, like, it's like rules he gives to Israel. <laughs> For and, sure, that's the book of Numbers. So wait, but it, and, and Leviticus twenty four stops at twenty three. Okay, so it goes. 24 1 through 24 3 and then so there's no 24 24 and then he also says matthew 32 6 thy enemy shall be vanquished with the righteous and swift justice once again there's no matthew 32 6 but there is a matthew 6 32 for gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all so not pertaining to Velocipastor. Yeah. No, no, yeah, nothing so. to do with the. Uh... Not to do with our Lord and Savior Velocipastor. Yeah. And this is the first time I really noticed uh, Father Stewart's robe has a clothespin in the back. Oh, oh I was going to mention the Party City priest costumes because <laughs> I, I put it thirty-one twenty-five uh, white chucks under Party City priest costume. Yeah, I put that too. Nice kicks, Father Doug. <laughs> and and again, it's not something I really want to knock them for because if their whole thing is like we're we're doing a low budget parody, then congratulations, you have a low budget costume. But. I guess. Yeah. And then, and then after this, there was uh, where he, Doug's like, "Oh, what would my parents say?" And then it's just his parents laughing. Another needless laughing scene. I put that. What is up with this movie and laughing? Yeah. See, it just goes on. That, it, Though it, at the car scene, I did put Spider-Man vibes. Yep, I got that too. Spider- <laughs> Spider-Man too. He's talking with Uncle Ben, and it's the all-white background. Yes. Yeah, Spider-Man too. But his mom's in the car this time. Oh. Right. Well, we learned there's another person in the car, but we'll get there. Oh, yes. <laughs> that was the one joke in the movie that really worked. We'll talk about that in a moment. Um, and then uh, I laughed at Priest College. Yep. yep. Oh, what, what was that joke again? He said, they said, we'll pick you up from Priest College. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. It's pretty funny. So then uh, after that, uh, what Father Stewart, what takes him to the, the exorcist guy? Well, uh, I put Carol walks the streets with bad handheld camera work and cuts. Oh, okay. Well, that was that scene was obviously irrelevant. So because I think that's where Stewart, uh, Father Stewart, saw her walking around yep. and didn't like her. All right, and then they go to Father John takes him to the Grifter Exorcist. I put <laughs> the, yeah. the budget Chris Angel wannabe. Yep. <laughs> and and then so this guy's gonna exercise him through uh, how did he put it non conventional methods. Which he's just muttering stuff. But the best part about this is when he has the flashback to the Vietnam War. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like the movie got bored with the movie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And said, hey, let's do something kind of funny and entertaining. in keeping with like stupid B movies, that that's something they would do. They, some, the protagonist is always motivated by some terrible war flashback. But I got to chuckle at how like the priest's helmet was way too small for his head. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah, the strap yeah, comes yeah. under his bottom lip, but it doesn't go all the way to his chin. It's the only one they could find at the army surplus store. And the I love the fact that they didn't use another actor. They used the same actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his yeah, dad yeah. Again. Oh, yeah. So he's supposed to be twenty, and he still looks like he's sixty. Now, this is what I didn't understand. So, so he, the priest is talking about the exorcist guy, the, the, the Chris Angel wannabe, like they were in Vietnam together? Or no, no, the Chris no, Angel no. guy was just unrelated. No, he said he hasn't had to go to this guy since the war. 
So he has to go to the Exorcist after all of this crazy stuff happens in the war. So the crazy stuff that happens is he has a wartime buddy named Ali who's telling him how great he is and when he, he should have 12 kids and spend 15 minutes a day with all 12 of his kids and name one person after Ali and say that he never got injured in war. Like, I actually loved this bit because it's <laughs> you know exactly what's going to happen, and it, it happens. I mean, right. so he dies right in front of him. Uh, and then, um, so the whole setup though is Allie's asking if he has a girl back home, what he does. I don't remember her name again. Irrelevant. Oh, I do. Yeah. Adeline. Adeline. Okay. So played, then played by Kathleen Steer. That's his mom. <laughs> yeah. I think you're, you're definitely, it's so, this is almost becoming charming. <laughs> in how much of a family what, it well, yeah, what is. supportive parents, not only do you fund your son's movie, you also act in his movie <laughs> through prostitution according yeah. to you they, guys <laughs> I, either, I, it's either very generous of them or this was like some sort of tax evasion thing where they used the production to hide a lot of money um so then of course there's a pretty funny scene where uh they you know she's coming to visit him in vietnam somehow i don't know and this is where i rolled my this is where i was like oh okay so they're gonna do another gag where Dramatic death right after the first one. Oh, oh yeah. So she f- runs into his arms, but about uh, one, I don't know, one step before his arms, she gets blown up by a landmine, <laughs> exploding and, herself all over him. And that's where I actually did kind of chuckle because of how well the gore was done. <laughs> this was the best use of gore. So they probably spent, of their 17000 they probably spent 10000 on this part. On this special and, and then the random extras are like, yeah, don't think we can do much for her at this point. Because <laughs> they must have dumped, like, what, two, three gallons of fake blood oh, on this yeah, guy? Absolutely. So that, that concludes the flashback. So we know how he's been scarred. Um, and then the exorcism begins, and all he's doing is chanting random things. So I don't know. I, I really haven't seen too many exorcisms in my life, but this seems pretty conventional as far as an exorcism goes. It's true, and my notes were... Uh, sheets plus grandma's table equals set. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and then uh, he goes crazy. He summons the Velocipaster inside of him. And then he kills Father Stewart. Or does he? Ooh. And then the scene ends with what? Uh, he runs back to the forest. I put more laughing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oh, what have I created? And then another minute of laughing. Did, did Discount Chris Angel live? Yes. Yeah. Okay. But this is the last we see of him. Yep. Right. Well, I'm just thinking if there is a sequel, he could make another appearance. He could dark, make it. Dark, dark Sorcerer outside of the church is actually kind of an interesting. Aspect. He actually looked like Chris Gaines. <laughs> <laughs> Garth Brooks hasn't been relevant for a while, so. <laughs> so, I don't remember what happens after the exorcism. I just know that in my notes I have 44 minutes 40 seconds. Hiding under newspapers in Carol's apartment? Question mark. Yeah, uh, Doug runs back to the forest, and ninjas show up. Oh yeah, he gets attacked by ninjas, oh, and then he right. runs away. Uh, Australian ninja. Oh yeah, I put yep. Australian ninja. Awesome. Yep. Uh, and I love the ninjas backstory. So once again, the movie. Very bored with itself, goes back into the ninja's backstory. Oh, that's right, because he's like imagining his girlfriend yeah. or wife or something. Yes. yes. <laughs> yep. Yes, yes, yes. So then they leave. Uh, we go back to Carol's apartment for the love scene. Th- this is where it could have been rated X, but it yep. wasn't. It was Once just... again, I love the music. Music was great. Lighting was. It was a well executed scene, I think, for what they were doing. And see, this is this is where we were talking about Cody with the colors. I put different lighting colors aren't interesting. They tried making it too artsy. Yeah, it was too much. So, too. so I, I, I thought to myself because yeah, there was a lot of lighting, and then there was a lot of like edits with like mon. They were doing like a recap of the movie we'd seen so far in like yeah. little tiles. I thought, boy, they are really getting the most out of that Adobe Creative Suite license. <laughs> so, somebody really just had a field day with the editing. But yeah, it was it was a it was a love scene that went on for really long and was really artsy. My idea was that as like was the deal that they would provide the song as long as the director made the music video. Uh, that could be. <laughs> that could be. They could have just remade the Team America World Police sex scene. Like that's what I would have done with it. 
Only a woman. <laughs> You're gonna convince what's her name to crap on the chest <laughs> of uh, Pastor Doug Jones. He hasn't experienced any of this before. That's a... we know where most of the thirty-four five thousand dollars went, Josh. How much are you gonna pay her to crap on this guy's chest? And how much does he need to get paid? Okay, alright. Fair point. Okay. So then immediately after they wake up, they're attacked by ninjas. I put white undies, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. You know, priests wear the, the tidy whities. But so the ninjas come in through the windows, and they're like the shittiest ninjas of all time because they're beat by underwear clad <laughs> priests. And, and, and Carol knows karate all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, she probably had to defend herself out on the streets. Yeah, you know, she, some, some Johns that have been rough with her, she's had to fight back. To be part of the Frankie Mermaid clan, you probably at least need to be a brown belt at right. minimum. Yeah. So. And then we cut to. Back at the Boy Scout camp, and Father Stewart is alive. <laughs> yes, oh, that's and, right. And then we finally get the plot of the movie. The whole evil plan is finally revealed, like seventy-five percent yes. of the way through the movie. I put it fifty-three minutes into a seventy-minute movie. Oh, we God. get the we get the plot, um, and uh, uh, with Father Wang Chen, uh, who's now we know that the bad guy's a father as well. So I put down. I wrote he down is. the evil plan. Because I wanted to understand it. I watched this scene three times because I needed to understand this <laughs> well, I'm plot. I'm pretty sure I understood it the first time, but please explain it again. So, get everyone hooked on Spider's Kiss Cocaine. Spider's Kiss Cocaine is four times as addictive. You cut off the supply, and then people will be looking for help groups. The church uh, will be the help group, and ruling the group equals taking over the world. Uh, yeah. So, so he doesn't want to get rich. He just wants the largest following ever. Correct. Okay. Maybe he just doesn't realize step two. Step two of the evil plan is in minute 73 of the of the 70 minute movie. I mean, they waited this long for step one, so. Oh. <laughs> so. But the, but then and then I, I also wrote, I know the director wrote it, but did he say it out loud before he made the movie? <laughs> <laughs> but then there's really, there's, there's nothing after that. That's when Carol and Doug... Well, uh, Father uh, Stewart dies because yes, he's like, there's no finally. way this is going to work. I won't, th this is not whatever good. I don't know. He, he opposes it. And then he's instantly killed. So... Yeah, so Father Stewart dies for real. And then we're back at Carol's apartment, one of the four sets. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so then what, Doug gives a speech, and then they leave to the forest to... Uh... on a sick leather jacket we've never seen before. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That impress you, Cody? It kind of did. I, I thought, that's a pretty good-looking jacket. But they're, but they're, they're going for a, a, a different wardrobe to shift Doug's, Doug's character. And then, uh, the best part is... They they go see the ninjas, and Sam the White Ninja reveals that he's Doug's brother. And I put, of course he's his brother. Well, I, I, want, I want to point out that when Carol and Doug show up to the ninja camp, there's a line where Doug says, good thing that ninja told us where their hiding spot was before he died. And I couldn't tell if that was, like, an intentional joke. that Like, like how did Carol and Doug know where to go? If that was an intentional joke, like... To put it in his voiceover, or if they genuinely were like, "Oh, we don't know how Carol and Doug know where to go," so they just post at it. I think I think he was just so proud of himself that Doug didn't pass out and they woke up at the ninja <laughs> <laughs> at the ninja camp. <laughs> I mean, if they wanted another gag, that's what they should have done. Yeah, he just passes. Out. Yeah. I how yeah. would you know where to go? Trust me, passes out. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so much more well executed. He's just randomly getting these superpowers. He's teleportation, and then soon he's he has the force. Because after he's like, no, uh, yeah, don't don't reveal that yet. Um, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's right there. Because uh, you're you're skipping over the best part of the movie, which is where uh, Frankie Sam Mermaid the comes back. No, oh. Sam the Ninja reveals that they're brothers, and then they do those flashback scenes again. And Sam was in the back car, but apparently no one noticed him. Or Sam was getting orange juice while the rest of the family was laughing. Right, yeah. He was present in all of these happy family memories, but Doug doesn't remember. Yes. Yeah. 
And then, and then, so of course they need to fight to the death. Uh, so then he somehow has the force, grabs the sword, and I'm really glad that there was no extended scene. It was just boom, you're dead. Well, because because yeah. remember, he's like, "I'll slay you with our ancestor's sword." And then when Doug force pulls it out, he goes, "Your ancestors are my ancestors." Yeah. Uh, and that's where he does a stabbing motion to his brother, brother ninja. Mm-hmm. Where I had this thought because that sword looked like. You've heard of like cheap mall ninja shit? Yes. Okay, so it, so to me, I'm seeing this prop and I'm like, that's actually like a sharp piece of steel. I'm sure they were safe and they probably, but I, I was genuinely <laughs> worried about this production. I thought somebody could have gotten really hurt. Yeah. And, and then, of course, they extend him yelling for like two minutes. So instead of having a fight scene, it's just Doug screaming for like two minutes while being covered with blood. I think because. Uh, Brendan Steer came and said, all right, guys, I only got 40 pages. I need 70 minutes of film at least to sell this. Scream as much as you can and laugh as much as you can. So, And then it cuts to the black ninja who gets really scared, I, I feel, I, I think. And uh, he looks really scared or whatever, and then he uh, the says something. Ninja. He says something, and then there's like a ninja that comes out. So maybe when they said that there's going to be a brother ninja, they had a misunderstanding. He's <laughs> like, oh, no, that's not what I meant by a brother ninja. No, the ninja's actually his brother. Well, could I be. don't remember that. But, yeah, but then the big ninja kills Carol. And, again, one swift motion. So all of her karate skills go out the window. Yeah. Where, of the few times I laughed at this, I did laugh when they're having this extended death scene, and then they cut to the ninjas and they're comforting each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the ninjas felt it too. The ninjas felt it too. Yeah. Uh, so then Carol's dead, and now Doug rampages and turns himself into uh, the the raptor, the velociraptor pastor. And this is the first. This is where we get the reveal of the suit. And my note was, well, that's a suit. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know how to describe this. Suit. Um, paper mache. Well, it's 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 like a brown onion with a dinosaur head on the front, and then like two arms, kind of coming out of the side of this potato onion shape. Would you have laughed harder if they just used the Jurassic Park inflatable Halloween costume? No, that would have been way too hipstery for me. I'm I'm thinking, like, all brown, like a brown t-shirt, brown pants, brown shoes, and then one of those party hats that just doubles as, like, a dinosaur nose, like the purple ones or whatever. No, I think think they went with the best possible option, which was, like, an attempt at a suit, but something, like, a person can still crawl into, like, kind of has a rubber texture to it. I I think they went with the best option Uh, for a limited budget. Yeah, I agree. And then cue horrible fight scene again, but, I mean, you're expecting it at this point. And, and I definitely feel like they wanted to do more with the suit. This whole scene screamed, we want to do more, but, man, this... are we limited on both. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know. It, it definitely looked like um, don't do anything too crazy in the suit because we only have one. <laughs> and, and we have to return it afterwards, so please don't rip it. No, this looked custom-made. There was, there was nowhere to return it like to. Like I said, this it was, was the cu- same suit from the, from the trailer that they made six or seven years ago. Okay. Okay. So they held on to that trailer. Yeah. Um, and then we get the big showdown between or Wee Chang or Wee, Wee Chan. Wee Chan then shoots Doug in the leg, and he transforms back into a person. Uh, and then we gives us more lore because we didn't have enough, and that lore is uh, China discovered lizard warriors a long time ago. They discovered an anti venom to fight these lizards, and they are still finding bones to this day. I totally forgotten that. Yep. And then uh, and then he asked him. Ex- that was some things that he gave. Sure. <laughs> and then he asked if there's any last words, and he says. Only six. Oh, you, you oh what, what those six what, were? Wait, something about his hands. <laughs> it's it seems my hands are unaffected. I don't remember the exact six words, but in any case, his hands are unaffected by the anti venom. So then he kills him with his raptor hands because why not? Yeah. Yep. And then he's dead. And a really fake looking head. Yeah. Oh and my then... god! Yes, oh, I forgot about that part. 
The doll head. Like, he just... Yeah, because he rips his head off of his body. And I'm fine with a fake-looking head, but I would have just, like, preferred, like, something papier-mâché that he squished and, like, guts or, like, goo came out of. You know, something? Yeah. Instead of a $2 plastic head? Yeah. Well, I, I think... I think the reason they went with that is because they really knew one gore technique, which they used a couple times, which is, like, the blood spraying out of a neck hole. Because they did that a couple times in the movie. They did it in the mugging scene at the beginning, which to me is so funny because in the part where the priest is in Vietnam and his wife explodes on him, you see, like, dark red blood. But in all these geyser gags... They, like, must have taken the same blood and really, really watered it down. So it did not show up as blood (laughs) very clearly. That, and they probably only wanted to get their props at uh, Party America. So they probably got the $2 head the same time they got the priest costume. Probably. And then uh, we get the the still stops. And then we get the quote, only through the elimination of violence will we finally be able to achieve world peace. Of course, a Gandhi quote. Uh, and then, well, Carol, we don't, Carol uh, gets taken to the hospital. Which, I will say one more thing on this. Once again, I saw Miami Connection as well. Oh, yeah. Because Miami Connection ends with a quote from Y.K. Kim, which is very similar. I can't remember Y.K. Kim's, uh, but it's it's very much so the same thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but then, and then we get more movie. Uh, Doug is back in the hospital because apparently Carol's not dead. Because even though people die in this movie, they don't really die. Yeah. yeah. So then, the, yeah, the doctor comes in wearing a clearly oversized uh, headgear, whatever that falls over his eyes as he yep. sits down, plays it off very smoothly. As he's, he's trying like, to smoke de- uh, finished cigarette butts <laughs> in, in, the, in, the, in the hospital again. Some guy who clearly just had like an improv class, and he's like, "Ah, if yeah. I bring props, it'll be funny." <laughs> And Doctors had, used to smoke. Isn't this funny, guys? And he had an accent, too, didn't he? Did he? Yeah. I don't know. Of course she's okay. And then more laughter. I, I think. I, <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure there's more laughter. If there's not, yes. there, probably, there probably was. Yeah, and once again, they stopped the film to have the freeze over that says she's okay. Yeah, are or you sure you're fine. okay? Yeah, so he, he walks back to her, yeah. and he's like, you're okay? I'm fine. You're and fine? Then it says she's fine. And in text, she's fine. I was really thinking that there was going to be some sort of dinosaur egg pregnancy. That's yes. Egg. Well, yes, I was waiting for the baby. Because I think the problem is she's sitting in, like, an OBGYN chair. <laughs> yeah. She's not on, like, like a normal, like, patient table. She's in an OBGYN chair. So you're like, okay, so she's pregnant. Yeah. But I'm kind of glad they didn't do that because that would just be way – I don't know. That would be too obvious. I honestly thought that that would have been a – like a good grindhouse feature, this idea of like Velocipa- or Velocipaster the sun. Like like they would set up like a sequel of like a half human, half raptor sun. <laughs> it's son of Velocipaster. Son of Velocipaster, that's what I was trying to think of, yeah. Uh, with more religious themes, of course. Like that would have actually worked out pretty well. Right, so I was kind of disappointed when they didn't do that. And that's, I think that's the end of the movie. Nope. Doug oh. and Carol then go to the same forest we've been going oh, to. Yeah. And then they make out on a sports car. And he talks about now how he's going to travel the world. And... Right, because there's, there's more uh, co- ultra cocaine out there, right? Or something like that. The ninjas are still out right. there or something like that. So yeah. kind, of, kind of taking the FP but making it PG-13 instead of R-rated ending. And that's no. where I kind of did appreciate the movie because there is sort of an arc for Doug and that he goes from like I can't hurt people I'm a priest to now he's like this leather like leather clad bad boy who's like I'm gonna stop all the bad guys and then he drives off in a classic sports car and all it took was sleeping with a prostitute and now he believes in dinosaurs well too. It, it in fairness it, I don't think she's a prostitute anymore they love each other that's true yeah now, yeah. now she's fighting crime with them okay so all it took was the loving touch of a woman yes what's the difference going back to Team America, only a woman. Oh, Josh, you want to get your wife on the phone and ask her what the difference is? Hey, I I believed in dinosaurs since I was young, so I didn't need to have that revelation. <laughs> but yeah, then then the movie ends. Then Thankfully, we, we get we get credits, and I did more research. Oh god, uh, shot on location. So because I was like, there's like five sets in here. I gotta see what they are. Um, the first one is Shooting for the Moon, which is a medical, physical, shop, and spiritual development center. 
course it is. Where you can study astrology, herbology, chakras, tarot, crystals, wand making, magic skills, and they also have something called the Witchy Gardener series. So that's probably where they filmed the exorcist scene. Probably. So this shop owner is definitely that crazy aunt who never got married and never had any kids. <laughs> I'm just picturing her showing up to family gatherings and like burning incense and everyone's like, just let Aunt Kathy do her thing. 100% chance that their door is just a bead door. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, so that, and then uh, Muscles Incorporated. The gym. That's the gym. That's the gym. It shows up for like 30 seconds. Uh, and just in case you're wondering, uh, twenty four ninety nine a month with a one year contract. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, I do the research for this. Yeah, uh, you you got to know these clearly. things. You got to deep dive. Were, I didn't know you were going to go this far. Oh, of course I am. Um, and then the offices of Doctor Lewis Hibbert or Hebert, Herbert. Excuse me, if I can do it, Herbert. Uh, I could not find anything on it. Oh, There's I thought you were going to tell me what practice he does. There's a Dr. Herbert out of New York, but everything that was filmed here was filmed in Pennsylvania, so I, I, I doubt they went up to New York to film those scenes in the hospital. I, I seriously doubt it. And then the last one they gave credit for out of the woods was the United Methodist Church of uh, Stroudsburg, PA. It makes sense. It's a Methodist church. So they couldn't have gotten the wafer cookie thing there. Whatever you call it. Communion. I don't know. I'm not Catholic. Why not? Methodists don't do that. Methodists don't do communion? They don't do communion, no. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, now you know. I didn't know that either. I'm a Lutheran. We do it. I'm a Methodist, and I've never done that. Maybe my church is different. (laughs) Nazarene. We do it. (laughs) No, Methodists do not have those. So it was definitely a potato chip. (laughs) And uh, United Methodist Church, just so you guys know, Five five star reviews on Google. So it's absolutely. A, uh, Wednesday, you can go there for Bible study at ten a.m. <laughs> ten a.m. Ten a.m. What? Bible studies on Wednesdays are at like in the evening. I I don't make the rules at the Who United Methodist Church of Stroudsburg, PA. Uh, and according to their Facebook, uh, as of two thousand thirteen, they've been a congregation for two hundred twenty five years. Impressive. So they've actually been around for a while. I, I honestly don't know what makes the Methodist faith different, uh, but I the Methodist church I went to <laughs> a belief in velocipasters. Uh, apparently, yeah. well, like, it's a, pretty a, cool. A, a willingness for low budget indie films <laughs> to film in there. That's, yeah. that's the difference. And the Lord said, "It shall a low budget indie film <laughs> cometh through thy doors. Allow thou till shooteth in it thou church. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but if somebody." Gives you a little money for a weekend shoot. Take it. I'm, I'm proud of my former religion that they have allowed this wonderful piece of art to be made. So I have a question for everybody. Did anyone else keep track of how many times they checked, like how, how much was left in the movie? Uh, I stopped it once. Okay. I checked it about four times, but that's not totally accurate because I was getting timestamps for my notes. Um, so I was probably mentally, so I was, I was kind of keeping track as I was going through. I really didn't do it until the end because I'm just like, how much more to this movie could there be? Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't know, maybe six or seven times towards the end. <laughs> well, it's like it's like uh, Fellowship or Return of the King. You expect it to end like three or four times, yeah. and it just keeps going. Yeah. Okay, I'm putting that on their poster. I'm going to make a poster for them, but I'm going to put Cody Doll. It's like Lord of the Rings. As epic <laughs> as Return of the King. No, for all low-budget movies, it's got to be in the tradition of. In the tradition <laughs> of. Inspired by. <laughs> the next Peter Jackson. So, uh, let's take it to the reviews. First of all, uh, the five-star reviews, the first one I got is, this is not a good movie, but it's a wonderful movie. I, I disagree, but that's I fine. Disagree. Um, four out of five stars, they gave it the room of priest, hooker, dinosaur, ninja movies. I don't think that's accurate at all. <laughs> See the difference? The four stars or the... No, because, because the thing that made the room so endearing was that whoever was making it was painfully, what's his name? 
Tommy Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau was painfully unaware of how bad of a movie he was making. So there's no winking at the audience. It's just a vanity project that's going terribly. This movie is not is winking so often at the audience. It's like having a seizure. It's having a stroke. So it's not the room. They they were going for a style, and for the most part, they did it. They succeeded. And then the last positive one I got is, uh, or no, I got two of them. Uh, the best religious raptor movie in decades. Okay. <laughs> and then a uh, from IMDb, a work of cinematography so fine it would have swept the Academy Awards, but it didn't qualify since a minority was in it. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. Sure. First Oscar, of all, I don't remember. Oscar so white. <laughs> First of all, I don't remember the minority. Well, maybe the Chinese bad Chinese the, guy and the, the one black. Ninja. No, the one black ninja. The, the, see, the Chinese guy who has no other acting credits because <laughs> the only requirements they had for that part was we just need an Asian. We don't need an actor who's Asian. We just need an Asian. That and I did not think the cinematography was very no, good. Not at all. No, I mean it's what you'd expect for low budget. Well, for indie movies, it's always it's kind of the same as. They they oddly have the same theory as uh, Ben Shapiro's healthcare system, which is, it can be good, you can make it cheap, or you can make it fast. Okay. You can have two of the three, but you can't have all three of them. Okay. <laughs> and it seems to be that way with movies. You can make it cheap and you can make it fast, but you're probably not going to make it good. I would agree with that. Yep. That's and that's what happened here. So, the bad reviews. Uh, the worst movie I have seen in years. A shameless ripoff with no value whatsoever. Not even funny. That's maybe where I land on it. Yeah. There's parts I, of it I like, but that's probably it close to where I land. Uh, one says, do not buy this film. I will 100% agree with that. Uh, one is, who could ever give this amateurish piece of junk any stars at all? Poor acting, no script, and by far the worst special effects I've ever seen. And I enjoy a good bad movie as much as the next monster fan. The monster is an unforgivably crude prop with a paper pinata for a head. I should have figured out what I was in for when the first dramatic scene in the film was a flashback to an explosion and a car fire that the producers neglected to add the finished print. There is just plain text over a scene of an empty street saying something like, Add burning car here. I propose this could be viewed as so bad it's funny type movie, but it isn't funny at all. It's just clumsy and stupid. Okay, so I saw that one as well. And that's where I had the thought, the five stars and the one stars are irrelevant. Because the five stars get the joke, and the one stars do not get the joke. To me, what was interesting are like the two to four stars, because... They probably aren't really sure <laughs> what this movie's trying to do, so they're trying to like parse out like there were good parts to it, but ultimately it was weak or vice versa, something like that. So, right. I in my camp I give it two stars, uh, one star just because I, there was a couple parts that did make me laugh, and the other star is just for Frankie Mermaid. So, I would go two stars as well. I'd go one. I can't give a star to Frankie Mermaid. I can't. It's not It's not in the so bad it's funny category, so I would never recommend it to another friend. I would never be like, ah, it's so bad, you got to watch this. Yeah, I've actually, like, I posted in a couple of my play, in a couple of my friend groups that, hey, I watched this, don't waste your time. It's, it's bad. It's not worth it, so. No, no, it's not. So. Oh, well, there you have it. Don't watch it. Just listen to this podcast. So, what movie are we picking next? Uh, I don't know, but I think uh, it's either going to be me or Cody. You kind of wasted your turn, Josh. <laughs> That's fine. But I think we have plenty to choose from because what kind of kicked this off was we all noticed Amazon Prime has a ton of what looks like really low-budget movies. And may I say that once you watch a movie like this, your Amazon Prime suggested list Does it? is screwed over for the rest of your so, life. So I, I actually put this down because before I started watching, the ad at the front on my homepage for Amazon goes, mm -hmm. um, Prime Video, stream top movies. And I thought that was funny because I noticed going through Prime before, like once you get past like 
the first couple su- recommended suggestions, you start going to like a lot of straight to DVD movies pretty fast. Yep. Which tells me Amazon is so desperate for content. They're just buying up swaths and swaths of cheap, 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 cheap indie movies. As long as they're giving you more than $35,000, have at it, people. Well, and the best part is we're going to watch these movies so you don't have to. Yes. Or watch them if you want. We're not the cops. All right. Well, this is Kyle, Cody, and Frankie Mermaid saying uh, we'll see you later. Just to throw it.